Welcome to Dinner with a Side of Sci-Fi. I'm Jason. And I'm Deva. And what are we making tonight, Deva? We are making veggie ramen stir-fry. So we're using your average ramen packet and doctoring it up with fresh vegetables and our own sauce that we're going to make. And this is a recipe I found online by The Stingy Vegan. It looks pretty good. I'm really excited because I love ramen. I bought fancy ramen. Oh, you did? I did. I went to the organic market and I bought fancy ramen. But otherwise, I'm just going to be using up all the vegetables in my fridge. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah. I did buy a couple. I bought a red pepper. We have a bunch of green peppers in our garden. Mm -hmm. I can't seem to wait until they ripen to pick them. So I've just been eating green peppers. So I said to myself, I'm going to splurge and get a red pepper. I have some leftover green, red yellow, orange peppers from fajitas we did the other night. Tonight we'll also be talking about Foundation Trilogy Book 3, Second Foundation, Part 1, The Search by the Mule. There's definitely getting to be a mouthful when you say what the names of these things are. I know. It's somewhat foundation. But the nice thing is that for the first time we're jumping forward just a small interval of time. So five years have passed since the fall of the Foundation and where we left our characters. The now promoted General Han Pritcher is still serving the mule due to the mule's emotional conditioning that allows him to force Pritchard to be devoted to him. And the mule is convinced that the second foundation exists because he experienced the excitement and surprise when Ebling Meese, the psychiatrist, psychologist from the previous book, discovered where the second foundation was. He was like, oh my God, I found it. And then Beta shot him in the head. So he knows it exists because he felt that experience. So he's convinced, even though they can't find it. Pritchard's already been going out and looking for this thing for the last five years, but the mule wants him to go out again. And this time he wants him to bring someone that has not been emotionally conditioned to serve the mule. Pritchard's offended, of course, because he thinks he's the best thing ever for the mule. But of course, he's been brainwashed, so he wouldn't know any better. So we get to meet our non-controlled guy, and that is Bale Chanis. And he's a go-getter, and he's enthusiastic, and he hasn't been conditioned by the mule. And he's been invited to go along with Pritcher, and he's going to go find the second foundation. Chanis uses this new tool called the lens, which to me sort of felt like it worked like stellar cartography in Star Trek, where like they could kind of fly through space and see it from different angles. It was still like a far off look, but it was, you know, it was kind of we need to have one. And, um, and he has decided that he thinks, after focusing on the star's end reference from Harry Seldon's first visitation that um that everyone's been looking on, on the wrong place and they need to go look for the second foundation at Tazenda. So they're they go off to Tazenda and while they're on the way there an engineer finds a tracking device hidden on the ship and Chanis is just like hmm this is suspicious but I think I know what it is. Go ahead and put it back. I want them to use it. So then they arrive at Tazenda, they meet with some people, everything goes fairly well. And out of nowhere, Pritchard decides that Chanis is a Foundation spy. And Chanis points out that if he were a spy, the mule would already know it because he'd be able to read his mind. And he'd know where the second Foundation was. And Pritchard's sort of like, okay, that sounds reasonable. And then the mule shows up. It turns out the mule did know Chanis was a spy the whole time. And he used them to follow him to find the second Foundation. And he's already destroyed Tazenda, which is awful. The mule then knows that Chanis is a spy. They have like a whole psychic battle. 
Pritchard gets knocked out in the psychic battle, and then Chanis loses. And he tells the mule that the second foundation is really at Rosum, which is awful. So the mule tells his ships, when you finish up here at Tranis, go ahead and hit Rossum. Then a dude from the second foundation shows up, and then they have like a whole like mental duel, the mule and him, and he actually wins. And the mule forgets about everything and goes home, and is just going to pretend that he never thought about the second foundation. And then it also doesn't matter, because it turns out that Chillis's mind had been altered, and Rossum isn't the home of the second foundation at all. Now that he can remember where it was, the real location is super surprising. Yeah, so uh, that was a lot of reveals there at the end. It was like every couple pages, it's like, well, I think this. And then it's like, well, actually, well, actually, well, actually. It was a bit like the end of um, the end of Clue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, like I kind of had to read it twice to kind of get my head around it. When the guy from the Second Foundation show up and there was a second person there and I was like, is this Chanis that's doing this or is this the other guy? Well, when I first read it, I thought the Second Foundation speaker was speaking through him and then I reread it and I was like, oh, he actually showed up. Right. The only once Chanis had sort of collapsed that he showed up. He was trying to accomplish a lot through dialogue. So I thought it was an interesting risk that he hasn't taken with the other books. Yeah, a lot of talking, a lot of dialogue. I've been noticing a lot that in his books, people are going on ships somewhere. They're like taking a trip. They're looking for things. You know, that's what we saw in Foundation and Empire in the Mule book. Everyone was on a ship, like looking for ways to figure out where the second foundation was. And once again, they're on the ship searching for something. Yeah, they are. There's a lot of searching in general. And what I really got out of a lot of the reveals in this is how irrelevant the first Foundation was at all. Yeah. Like, it was kind of disappointing. I was kind of team Foundation. Yeah. Well, and the Foundation had its point that it was there to deflect people from the second Foundation. Because the second Foundation now is there guiding the plan still, even though the plan is off course. So, you know, the second Foundation is made up of psychologists who have spent the past 500 years developing their mind powers. They're so far advanced now that they can use their minds to manipulate people. They have a lot of mental power. They don't even really need to talk. Uh, they have a couple scenes where they're in their meetings for the second foundation. So they call them speakers, the first speaker, second speaker, etc. So they don't even really, they aren't really even talking. Yeah, they had a weird, abridged way of speaking that was the most efficient. It lacked nuance, but it got the point across. Yeah, so they, they don't really even need to speak to each other anymore. So they're very advanced, and they also are skilled at psychohistory. So they have been, you know, they are able to make new psychohistory predictions based on what's going on now, since Harry Seldon never accounted for the mule. Yeah, they were, you know, their, their eye, eye contact limitations, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, they did say that. And I am now, I'm going to start boiling some water for the ramen. I already did, but I prepared an ice bath. Okay. So I'm going to start boiling my water and start chopping all my vegetables. Have you chopped your vegetables yet? No, I did. I chopped an onion, but I did that while we were talking. Oh, look at you. So efficient. <laughs> I found my garlic press. Ooh, nice. Finally. So I'm excited because I've just been chopping garlic like a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't usually eat the the green onion, like, white parts, so I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. Really, that's the only thing I went out and bought vegetable-wise for it. I'm going to use some asparagus. Ooh, I love asparagus. I'll actually have a garnish for once. <laughs> nice. 
I bought some ginger. I went to the store yesterday and got, you know, my my beloved red pepper and the onions, the green onions, and I got some ginger. So I have fresh ginger root to use. I still have fresh ginger root from our last recipe. Yeah, I just used powdered ginger for the last one. That's right, you were at your friend's house. Yeah, so I was like... All right, that was... We did zucchini lasagna last time. Well, you did. Oh, yeah, you did normal. I ate my carbs. I had that for lunch, for several lunches. It was very good. So that was good. Mark even went back and ate that one. Oh, wow. Nice. I think this one will be good, too. How do you go wrong with ramen noodles? Well, I do need to find, though, is my vegetable peeler, because this ginger is a little tough. Oh, yeah, yeah, you definitely need to. You'll lose so much ginger if you use a paring knife. Onions killed my eyes. Yeah, my eyes, too. I'm wearing my glasses today, so... Usually if I'm wearing contacts, the onion doesn't seem to bother me as much. You know, Sunday, I'm not putting on contacts. <laughs> so what else did you think? I'm still sort of standing by what I said last week. I don't think... The mule, he has like a xenophobic hatred, but I don't think that he'd be killing everyone on a planet if it weren't for the fact that it was a threat to him. Right. And, uh, well, and that's... He thought that was the second foundation, you know? So he's like, I'm going to destroy it outright, right now. Yeah. Um, which to me, it was like the second foundation allowed him to think this and allowed him to, you know, essentially kill a whole planet, which is a, which is a crazy amount of people. And, and yes, are they trying to save the greater good by, you know, preventing the galaxy from dying or being in his like evil clutches? Although he doesn't really seem that evil. Yeah, he doesn't. The only thing is that, you know, he's doing everything by mind control. And he he even said, like, you know, I have Hans Pritcher. He's been under mind control for the past five years. He hated me before that. Like, if he was able to be uncontrolled, he would instantly hate me again and want to kill me. So I don't know if, like, when he dies, is that what's going to happen? Like, everyone's going to hate him again? That was my thinking. My thinking was that when he dies... Even if he does unite the galaxy in peace, he um, it'll still crumble because he has because you know he is literally a mule. You'd think he could actually use the opportunity to build an empire and then use the first foundation to actually put in some real infrastructure, achieve civilization. Like he could have actually Genghis Khan did. Yeah, and I just you know it, it seemed they did talk about in the beginning. That a lot of people were didn't really even remember the foundation except for his nostalgia, and that you know that didn't really matter to them like who was in control because their lives weren't really that different. Exactly. Depending, which is you know true for a lot of people. I like that there was basically like a no fly zone around him. On Calgan. In his little in his little palace, how there was basically no one over or around. Like you had to walk like a hectare or something. I like too how he's like, I am setting up shop on Calgan, the beach planet, instead of like Terminus, which is right. has nothing. It's like out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and he had his little pleasure palace. Mm-hmm. I like too that there was some characters from the last book. You know, like you said in your intro. Five years has passed, so we have we have people we know we've met before, you know. Yes. And the way he described Bale Chanus, the second foundationer who went with Han Pritchard to look for this second foundation, I mean, how charming was he, huh? Just how they described him, like he's just so popular, a lady, a gay ladies' man. Yeah, he was like he was dreamy, and 
He was smart. He was very diplomatic. He managed to basically like very nicely say to um, to Hans Prischer, like you might have missed the point just because you weren't looking in the same place. <laughs> he was very. I was very impressed with how well he handled those interactions. I would totally fall in love with him if I knew him. I'd be like, oh, oh, Bale. <laughs> oh yeah. You're so handsome in 28. What a dreamboat. <laughs> I'm chopping mine now. Broccoli chop. I thought it was, I, I liked how we now have the second foundation, like in the book, you know, like Bale turned out to be a second foundation agent. Yes. Which, you know, he had such a charm and, and, you know, ease with people. And I don't know if they said it, but was that because he was able to kind of control emotions or like his people's perception of him? No, I don't think so. Or he was just charming? I think he was just charming. Wow. It must be nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because even the, um, even the mule thought his, thought his mind was interesting. Yeah. And it wasn't even just because he wasn't under his mule's control. There was something else to it. Well, and the mule did say that, you know, he was noticing some of his his important people were, you know, not doing quite as well. They seemed a little duller, less, you know, less able to do things well. And he was suspecting that that was proof that the second foundation was out there and that they were, they were, you know, messing with his people's minds in a way that was like subtle, uh, but that he could detect from their minds. Yeah. Yeah. I am so excited about this red pepper. Okay, I'm going to start heating up my oil. I have a bajillion vegetables here. And I did think the way, so they, Harry Seldon said that the foundation, you know, the first one was formed at Terminus and the second one was formed at the other end of the galaxy at Star's End, which is kind of vague. And I was, I also was like, how did they get, how did they like get to like Tazenda? Like, I know it was the second foundation kind of put that in his mind, but like, that was just so unconvincing to me. Like if I was Han Pritcher, I would be like, how did you do this? Wasn't it the way that it was situated in the nebula meant that its only view was facing Terminus? Well, so it was from Trantor. Trantor, So, okay. like, yeah, looking at it from Trantor, the, there was, like, a nebula that they called the mouth, and at the end of the mouth there was a single star that they said was star's end. It just seemed... I, I, was, like, I was like, how did they just get to this with all the planets in the galaxy? And and just they just like yeah this makes sense they put it on this like backwater planet where where nothing nothing is you know and that also confused me they're like we need to look for like a planet that doesn't have a lot of technology that's like very primitive and it's like why necessarily would they need that you know like what what about the second foundation would make it that that that's a requirement for it unless they're like because the second foundation has no technological technological advancements. It's all like mind advancements. They didn't go to Tazenda right away. They're like, we're gonna go to the planet next to it first and just get some information before we go there. And it was very like 
you know, it was like a farm community. They didn't have much. They didn't even really notice when the empire fell. They just noticed they had different tax people come from Tenzenda instead of from the empire. And then one line I liked. So the women were very happy when Tenzenda started taxing them because they could get nicer fabrics from them instead of the gray homespun they had to wear. I was like, oh, look, women got mentioned. Yay. <laughs> I remember that. You know, Isaac Asimov is on an all-woman ticket. He's going to keep your washing machines working and your fabric selections. Like, he's looking out for you gals. Well, my sister started reading Foundation, and she texted me. She's like, yo, are there any women in this? I'm like, yes, in the next one. But, you know, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> All right, I am draining my ramen. Uh, I spent 50 cents on my ramen. I said 50 cents on this ramen. Mine was like four bucks. So is your ramen like organic? You could definitely tell it's more premium. It looks like it's been like cooked and then packed and then dried. Ooh. All right, so I just put my oil in. I'm gonna start it. So, oh, I gotta make my sauce too. Darn it. So I'm putting the oil in. Add garlic, ginger, and white and light green parts of the green onions for about 15 seconds. And then you add your broccoli and carrots. Or your more like tougher veggies, the ones that take longer to saute. So what did you do? Did you chop up like just little sections of the, of the white onion part? Yeah, I just chopped the white onion. Just the bulb. I like cut off the little um, stringy parts, the little like roots. Yeah. And then I just chopped the like light green part. I'm doing the light green part as my little sprinkle on top, too. Oh, wow, this ginger is... I need a different grater. I'm using a microplane, which is too fine for this. Well, I do have a grater, but it's in the dishwasher. Nah. Dirty, because I made spinach artichoke dip last night. And I grated cheese. We had Indian pizzas last night. Ooh, did you make them or did you get them from somewhere? We got them from a place in Laurel, but I have started making them too now. It's so easy. You just have to make an Indian simmer sauce and use it instead of, instead of the pizza sauce. Mm. I actually bought a bunch of, I bought a couple of masala sauces from Costco. I haven't used them yet because we just have so much sauce from all our tomatoes that I, fe I feel guilty. I'm like, I guess I can have these in the winter. I have so many vegetables, I'm going to have to, like, cook it in stages. Okay. Chopping that. Oh, I got to do my garlic. This smells really good. Okay, so I'm going to put my onions in. These onions, I never think to use green onions like this. I should do that more often. Garlic press. Garlic press. I also like doubled the amount of garlic in the recipe. Oh, heck yeah. So where do you think that, do you have any thoughts on where you think the second foundation is? Well, there's really only two candidates. So if it's gonna be something that would be relatively, it's not obvious, but unexpected is the way they kind of put it. Yeah. So possibly at Trantor. Okay. Or back somewhere much closer to Terminus. 
Okay. Those are uh, some interesting guesses. I, of course, know. You'll soon it's know. Okay. I, I think they reveal it in the next one. Well, I'd hope so, because this is... Because that's the last one. <laughs> well, no, because there are books that take place after the trilogy, though, right? Yeah, there are, but they, um, you know, he wrote them, like, 30 years after the trilogy. Okay. So, I would sort of think that, depending on if the next one is a more direct sequel or not, and I have a suspicion that it's not, then it's interesting that the, the two, I feel like the two mule ones could have been in the same book. Yeah, yeah, and that's an, that's another, I think, legacy from how it was published. So this one was actually called Now You See It. That was the name of the short story okay. that was published in 1948, the one we just read. Because I think the first speaker from the Second Foundation does say, now you see it and now you don't. Yeah, because at the end when, um, so when the first speaker showed up, and was telling the mule that they picked the wrong, you know, that he tricked him, that the second foundation wasn't really on Tazenda and that it's not actually on Rosum, like Bill Chanis was convinced. Yes. The mule, like, has that, and he's like, oh, and now, you know, while you're here, our fleet is heading to Calgan to take over your government. And you're not there to protect it, so we'll be able to do that. So he has a moment of despair, and in that moment of despair, the first speaker is able to get into his mind and kind of change his mind and make him so that he'll go back to Calgan, he'll be happy, but he won't want to look for the second foundation anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. He just kind of goes back home. like the, like. Yeah, he's like, okay. He's kind of the foundation now anyway. He owns the First Foundation, and that's what the foundation does, right? The First Foundation just kind of goes back home and waits. That's true. Yeah, so I, I you know, I, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun read. Um, I, I like the mule as a character. For as one-dimensional as a lot of people feel in the books, he has a little depth. You know, you kind of feel sorry for him. Sometimes, like, he definitely had a bad life because everyone was like, ew, a mutant. You know, like, he has the same powers as them, but he just had them. You know, he didn't, he didn't, you know, the Second Foundation has been developing those for centuries, and he just was born with it. And he could do it from orbit. Yeah, he was very powerful. And he could do, like, the whole planet, you know, like, the whole Foundation he was able to do. Okay, I'm going to throw my peppers and zucchinis in now. I did start making my sauce. So it's a mixture of soy sauce, veggie broth, and molasses. Molasses makes everything delicious. I do like molasses, so I'm excited about that. I just won't tell my housemates that there's molasses in it. Cause... Just tell them it's a, it's a low-carb substitute. <laughs> mm, the sauce is really good. Mm. I think it needs a little bit more soy sauce, so don't forget. Well, mine does. I only put three tablespoons in. I'm using low-sodium soy sauce, so I can go crazy. This looks really good. You have any other final final comments on on uh, search by search by the mule? I kind of think that he's not an issue, but I would like to see him again. I'd like to definitely know what ended up happening to his empire. I'd like to think that maybe he disappeared onto a little side planet instead of just getting killed by his people. 
When the planet jumps out. Like Napoleon or something. Well, I won't spoil it for you. We'll have to think about what we're reading next. Yeah, so next we gotta, we got to think about that. All right. Well, ha everyone have a great week. Yeah, have a great week.